I'm Darren Garrahy and you're listening to The Laughs of Your Life, the podcast where I talk to influential people about laughter. From no laughing matter moments to the person they always laugh with to their first memories of laughter. And he fecks it through the glass window. No. And <laughs> it smashes. And like I have my cacks around my, my ankles. He's, he's pissing himself laughing. I'm pissing myself laughing. And my mom's going, Darnell! From pop stardom to food blogger to celebrity chef and food author, Donald Skeen has had a very interesting career arc. We chatted about the Barbie doll that came between him and his brother John, a recent dark time in his life, and getting his own back on Dustin the Turkey. This season of The Laughs of Your Life is sponsored by FNF Clothing, available at Tesco. Style to help real people feel great. We're into it now, ladies. Prime festive season. Gotta get your priorities in order and sure you're prepared for all kinds of outings. Have you got your sequined LBD, your sequined blazer, your sequined jumpsuit? You might think that's you all set, but what about a Christmas jumper? Work nights out, family gatherings, the big day itself. It's truly time to get your skates on and nab yourself a really fab one. You're in luck too, because FNF have 25% off Christmas jumpers from today, Monday 27th November, all the way to Thursday the 7th of December. To qualify, just present your club card or app at the till. And remember, the offer can't be used in conjunction with others. It excludes sales lines and is subject to availability. FNF makes fashion sense. Available at Tesco. And now for my chat with Donald Skeen. I hope you enjoy. Donald Skeen. Yes. <laughs> you are so welcome. Is this how everyone turns up dressed this to your is, podcast? No, absolutely not. The, okay. the last of your life has never had a gorgeous tux like this. Thank you very much. Yeah. A little explainer first, please. Uh, well, it's the Irish Book Awards tonight. And you said, uh, can you come in and do a podcast before the Irish Book Awards? So I said, I'm go- I'll come in, but I'm going to wear a tux because I don't want to carry a bag around for the rest of the but night. I, I gave you the option. See, Donald, you're like me. I gave you the option to wear your own stuff and we could figure out a way to get And you're just like, no, fine, I'm just going to wear the tux. No, I'll just wear the tux. <laughs> uh, listen, this tux has a bit of history because I was to go to the Irish Book Awards two years ago and it was kind COVID and it got cancelled. Yes. And of course, I won the bloody award. So got the lovely talks from Louis Copeland, was all sorted and ended up having a spice bag with my award oh, while no. it was announced uh, and there was no ceremony. There's no nothing. Fuck so it. the more opportunities I get to wear the talks, I'm yeah. happy. Tell us about your competition tonight now. Oh, it's a tough one tonight. Right. And I also think they have this thing where now <laughs> my theory on the Irish Book Awards is they never give it to you twice. It, like it took me, I won one like 10 years ago. Right. And it took about 10 or 11 years ago. Now that's no reflection on my crap books for the last 11 they are years. They're not crap books. They're stunning books. Okay, but, so you're, you, you're not that hopeful. Oh, well, I won two years ago, so... By the I, time this know. podcast goes out, it'll be done and dusted. Do you want to do another version just in case I win? So... Absolutely not. I don't care, I don't care enough about <laughs> The Irish Book Awards. Oh, that comes from someone who's not in the Irish Book. You're not nominated. I you haven't, haven't written a book. book yet. Not quite yet. Okay, okay. Okay, Donald, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. It's an absolute joy and a pleasure. Um, we're going to get to, uh, I think a little bit later on, we're going to talk about something. We crossed paths a while ago, in around a year ago. In around a year ago, yes. We're going to yes. get to that, will we? Is uh, it part of one of your Absolutely, I've thought it out. We'll weave it in. Stunning. <laughs> Donald Skeen, your first memory of laughter. My first memory. Now this, uh, do you know what? I've been listening to this podcast for a while. And I think this is probably one of the harder questions because think? people struggle to kind of think back to those moments. And for me, 
I kind of had to delve a little deeper and kind of look back because you kind of you get focused on what you're doing in the, in the moment. But my childhood uh, was full of laughs. Uh, I had two mad parents and a brother who I absolutely killed and he killed me back. So my first memory of laughter was with him. And um, I think there was always a case of laughing and crying with my brother because it was always we were either beating the shite out of each <laughs> other or we were, you know, we were we were having the crack. So um, my first memory of laughter was um, we used to have these epic games of gotcha last. I don't know if you played that in your family, but is it just like chasing? No, 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 no. It's a bit more aggressive <laughs> and it's a bit more violent with boys. So uh, two boys playing gotcha last is absolutely violent Ruthless. and so like this would involve you know you could be sitting doing your homework and then someone would clatter you from behind around the head no. and then run off and then you'd have to like tra- chase them down and gotcha last so it's always gotcha last gotcha last gotcha last yeah so we always had this constant game of gotcha last so like, I could have been in the car going to school and we'd be literally like slapping each other and then slapping back and my mom would be screaming in the front seat and so there was always this constant game of gotcha last going on and it kind of culminated one um one specific time where I'd gone in, he was watching TV and he loved watching TV and he'd be really focused on watching TV. And I went in and um, gave him a right old clatter. <laughs> on the head. <laughs> on the head, ran off because uh, and he'd also be protecting the mic uh, to protecting the remote control so he he wouldn't just drop it and kind of go so he had to there was a I had a moment to just escape so I got him and uh, I ran into the toilet and we had this like we grew up in a kind of an old house and it had a toilet that had a glass screen in it so basically there was a piece of glass in the middle of the, the door what the, part of it I know this was a big thing for my friends oh you coming mean over. the door of the, ba- of there the was bathroom a, yeah the bathroom door had a, had a little pane of <laughs> glass a in it pane of glass that's not creepy at it's all it's really was, creepy was it foggy it was never foggy because it was just a toilet but then again you know on after <laughs> after so a full roast dinner I don't know <laughs> no but I mean <laughs> It wasn't like blurred out glass. No, this is the thing. And so like all my school friends would come over and go, what's the deal with the fucking glass window you have in while you're doing a pee or a poo Mom, or whatever. the yeah. skins are weird. <laughs> so weird. So anyway, this was the feature of the bath- downstairs bathroom. And right. so anyway, so I run he- going, right, the only door that locks, I'm going to get myself in here. And so I settled myself in, took the pants down and went and was like, <laughs> and he was screaming outside. And um, all of a sudden, there was silence and he stopped screaming and there was kind of clattering and clumping and all this sort of stuff. And all I heard was, and he ran down the hallway with, you know, one of those like Clark's brogues, you know, those big, like heavy leather shoes, like school yeah, shoes. Yeah. And he fecks it through the glass window. No. And <laughs> it smashes. And like, I have my cacks around me, my ankles. He's, he's pissing himself laughing. I'm pissing myself laughing. And my mom's going, and so that was probably my very specific first memory of laughter and that gotcha last game still continues to this day and uh probably one of the most memorable moments of it was the uh the broken toilet glass window and the very he didn't get you last he just fucked a shoot yeah exactly exactly so you know lacerations um you know minor minor details trip deity deity. but yes um and the i suppose the really funny part of that story is that uh actually in the end my mom and dad replaced the window with more glass and (laughs) continue it's still there to this day there's still there's still a toilet that has a window Window. into yeah (laughs) how many how many years between you and him uh four years okay and yeah. just the two of you, like, 
So you were good pals. We were good pals, but we also hated each other. Yeah. So like at different stages, we hated each yeah, other. It, yeah, we were a bit like that. Like yeah. in and out of friendship. And then, yeah, you go through it. I'd be like, I'm vibing with Avian this yeah. month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it would, it would go over. No, we were much more like long standing hatred. And then there'd be little moments of love there. Yeah, flutters. And, but we're at our very best now in our 30s. <laughs> it, it only took that amount. It only took that amount of time. Okay, Donald Skeen. Yeah. The first time you felt laughed at. Again, involves my brother and um, the tricks we moved just to play on each other um, but one Christmas my brother asked for a Barbie in I think he was like maybe six and I would have been what 10 and um, he asked for the Barbie and my parents being the free spirits they they were and the forward thinking parents they were got him the Barbie mm. and so nobody said anything on Christmas day when he opened his Barbie and there was other presents of course but the Barbie was there and that was all fine no one said a word and then we all had our Christmas dinner <laughs> And the whole family came over and like my, my, the ski inside of the family are a lot older. And so cousins were a lot older and cooler and, you know, they'd come over and we'd all be like, oh, hi, 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 cool. <laughs> be my friend. And um, so anyway, I go down and the older cousins find the Barbie and we're like, uh, who got the Barbie? And John goes, Donald. No. <laughs> <laughs> and no, I'm 10 at this time at this moment and he's like completely thrown me under the bus even though like I've been completely supportive as a brother can you know the fact that he's got a Barbie doll never a question asked and then uh, yeah he throws me under the I bus know. in front of all the cool cousins and I'm like oh fuck you I know. <laughs> the little boss Donald yeah Donald Donald, that's that's Donald's Barbie. Yeah. The little and I mean, like I was quite, uh, you know, femininely uh, <laughs> growing up doing my baking and listening to Eurovision <laughs> and things like that. But yeah, so it would have fit. But no, yeah. no, no. It was his Barbie. He just pinned it on he you. He totally pinned it on me. Yeah. And obviously, okay. So before any of the, of what you're doing now, mm -hmm. we all know that like performance was always a thing for you. Mm. When did that love come about for you? Well, I was quite shy growing up. And Were you? I, yeah, I was. And I think it took until I was in senior school to kind of want to audition for like the school musical and thing. I, I certainly remember not until like third or fourth year before I could build a confidence. I always knew I lo loved watching them and loved seeing it. But I, I think it took till I was about, yeah, like 15 or 16 to actually kind of action it and go, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to try it. And um, yeah, that's, that's it's so scary. It started. At, at yeah. that age, it's so scary. I remember... Uh, the audition for our transition year musical was the day after the junior cert results night and they did that on purpose so that if you wanted to be in it <laughs> you had to prove it you, yeah I remember going in the next day and like that it's so scary yeah. at that age yeah, it's it is. just crippling because it's everything like your world is school and your world yeah. is your friends so yeah. you can't see beyond that and go who actually gives a fuck it's yeah. like so, it is so scary it's terrifying and I think that is the thing like it does you know that that is the moment where like in school you do prepare yourself for later life because you are going through situations where you have to put yourself out there and yeah. you have to challenge yourself and you know I, I think I remember that I'm kind of getting the opportunity to I was in Fiddler on the Roof and I got one little song in it and like just it was that amazing feeling of like you had the stage for one minute and it definitely kind of sparked something in me that I kind of I, I knew I enjoyed that aspect of it and probably like yourself like yeah. you know once you get that little taste it's oh my like, god oh, wow, I love this. there's this no great. going back yeah. it's terrifying at first and then you're like right I've been bitten by the book yeah absolutely absolutely okay Donald the moment when if you didn't laugh you'd cry the moment, uh, okay, so <laughs> I feel like my stories are terrible, but this one, what? well, this one is particularly like morbid and a bit, I don't know if you're meant to That's laugh okay. about this. Okay, That's so okay. anyway, um, this is a, a private family story that we're now going to tell. Um, amazing, so it's an exclusive. My amazing, amazing grandmother, I must preface it with. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> she passed away where in 2014, 2015, tragically before we got married and no. she would have loved, I know she would have loved to see it. But, um, and we were all obviously absolutely heartbroken. She was, the, she was the matriarch of the family and she certainly would have passed on that knowledge and, and confidence in cooking to, to our whole family, not just to me. Um, but the story is around when she died and, um, we were obviously heartbroken and we, it was an open, um, casket wake sort of scenario in the, in the, before the funeral. <laughs> Don't look at me like that. <laughs> Why am I smiling? So, so my lovely granny is, we're all there to, to celebrate her life and all that sort of stuff. And she was an amazing, she had an amazing life. They had, they ran a, an art gallery out of the home. She was this incredible sculptor. Um, and she used to do these beautiful sculptures of uh, quite reli- a lot of religious sculpture. Mm. So you'd often see her stuff in churches and um, a lot of the figures you'd see her doing would have their hands kind of praised to God. So right. hands up in the air and looking, looking upwards. And um, she was, all, you know, she was kind of well known for that. So she's in the casket and we're all around and everyone's crying and, you know, experiencing the emotions. And I think it was one of her sisters um, decided she'd put some rosemary beads, a rosemary, (laughs) rosemary Rosemary. beads. It's always food with me. Sorry. (laughs) Uh, She put the rosemary beads around my granny's hands, which were kind of held together in sort of kind of like a a prayer position. And when she touched her hands, they because of the rigor mortis or whatever goes on, her hands sprung open like this. (laughs) And my mum turns around and goes, she looks like one of her sculptures because she had the hands up to God like this. And of course, like it was an exact moment of you should not be laughing, but we were all stood in the room, pissing ourselves laughing through the tears and like... I, I, <laughs> like oh granny would be disgusted not only that I'm telling this story <laughs> that like it happened but it happened and it was a perfect moment like I don't know my family and death there's always those kind of funny stories you need it okay don't <laughs> oh Jesus it's a lot it's a lot. It's a lot. It is a lot. Look what you bring out. I, I know. And I, we haven't even got to your, your yeah. no laughing matter moment. Oh, yeah. Oh, was that not the laughing matter? <laughs> What's what? Do, oh, I have that. I have that next. Okay. We're, okay. okay we're good. We're yes, good. Yes. Okay. Good. We're good. So you're Donald. Oh, yes. Your no laughing matter moment in life. Not a yes. laughing matter. Well, I think that's the thing. Like I, I have this persona on te- on telly and online for as as being quite a happy go lucky person, um, but I have my darker days. And and I think you know we uh, we moved to the states in 2015, just after myself and my wife Sophie got married, and we we kind of we had the kids out there. And when COVID hit, we were kind of we were. Our, our life was upended and we were kind of in the process of thinking we might come home at that stage and COVID catapulted it along. And so we ended up kind of moving in, not, not ex- exactly the perfect circumstances. And so we decided we were going to go. But so we came back to Ireland in a, at a very strange time for everybody, you know, yeah. um, and, and more so like work, as I'm sure you experience, like dries up and there's all this sort of stuff where you're like, oh my God, what is, ap- what's next? Yeah. Um, so we moved home. And of course, like we had two young children and sleepless nights. And um, at the same time, like we thought we were coming home to, you know, get all the babysitting, yeah. all the family, get all of that. And like we came home to a really kind of dark place. And and for me, it became a bit of a dark place because um, around that time, um, my dad got diagnosed with prostate cancer. Mm-hmm. And for me, around that same time, it all kind of happened at once. And we'd said goodbye to this 
fab life we were having out in LA and we came back and you know I remember even having a call at the time with our agent over there and she was going well you've moved back to Ireland now so I'd, the jobs won't be coming thick and fast over oh, here in the States you and so you know much. I'm in the you know all of this and stuff so it all kind of what I would say is it all unfolded very um, quickly and and I think you know even with my dad's diagnosis I think it kind of changed the trajectory of how how life was for us when we came back home um, and I just feel like that was a moment where for the first time in life, I wasn't happy go lucky. I mm. wasn't, you know, there, it really felt like I, I don't know what's next. And, and I think when you have the sort of career you do, like I've essentially been a freelancer for the last 12 years and you're always kind of expecting for the next job. And, and, you know, when you don't know what's next and I've been on such a, a tread, treadmill of things where I came back and I just didn't know what was next. And it, and it did kind of bring me to a darker place. Mm. And I think all of it combined at once, I kind of found by like October, I was in a, in a bit of darkness and and kind of depression had had kind of sunken in and and it was just one of those places that I'd never been to before Mm. and I think it was my first experience of it um I you know like anyone you have highs and lows but I do remember specifically going I I just don't know what's next and I don't you know and and I know more I, I don't know if it was burnout I don't know if it was depression I don't know if it was anxiety I don't know what it was but it was a very significant feeling that was really hard to shake mm. and I I remember my mom coming over um in one of the kind of moments where I was just I couldn't get out of bed basically and she I remember even in that moment though saying like I know this isn't forever I know this is a feeling that I'm feeling right now mm-hmm. and um I, I did have that belief that I was I was getting it would be a, and look you know I even and I think this is what everyone does when they talk about this like I wasn't in the worst scenario in the world but those feelings are valid no matter Completely. what your experience and, and I think you know it's important for anyone here in this now is that you know whatever you're going through whether it's the worst thing in the world or something as trivial as you know whatever it might be yeah it's your experience and the way you feel in that moment is is an important feeling to acknowledge and that's the only way you are actually going to get out of that space and like I look you know that was probably three years ago I've I have my highs and lows but I certainly haven't gotten to that kind of place again yeah and I think you know I think it comes in most people's life and and people people experience it at different stages um but I do think, you know, there, in that moment, I do remember saying that to my mum and just saying like, this, this is, this isn't for, I, fi- I felt even in that moment, yeah. I knew it wasn't forever. And well, that's good. That you, yeah, you know, even yeah. when it's bad, yeah. you go, it's not, it's, I, I will come out of it. Yeah, absolutely. It's such a, it's such a, a typical example though. You just haven't a clue what's going on with someone. Cause yeah. you're someone that when I think back on, you know, on lockdown and, yeah. and, and you seeing someone's life on social media and you're just like yeah they're grand yeah they have it sorted well, or they I, have I suppose it, it didn't help that I was like we had Arthur Garulian living with us and <laughs> dancing for with TikToks and like you know we were cutting each other's hair and you know there, so there was all these moments that like made it oh everything's fine but like Arthur will tell you like I couldn't I was I was not ready to leave Los Angeles and I always yeah. remember um us sitting around the table before we were about to go and like I was heartbroken I wasn't ready was we'd no started this could, life no way you could stay there was but like in a way having the children had already decided that okay. like you know we just needed to be home we needed to kind of find because I'll be honest like while we were out there it always felt like we were treading water and it always felt like okay it wasn't you know it wasn't forever it was settled no it wasn't and you know and, and I think you know we had great grander plans of wanting to hopefully settle down and give the kids that sort of trajectory of, of life but look no you're absolutely right like we we could have stayed mm. it would have changed things significantly and I probably you know 
it probably would have caused com more complications in the, in the long run. But no, I, I'm very happy with where we are and I'm thrilled to be back in Ireland. But um, I do miss the old, the old LA life oh, sometimes, you know, the pizzazz. But we, you know, the, I laugh because like we didn't have, we didn't, we lived in a very residential area. But we it's had even, friends and, you yeah. know, like there that were very kind of down to earth. They weren't, you know, okay. the, 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 the actors and green juices. I did a bit of yoga, but you know, apart, <laughs> apart from that, you know. But no, I mean, I think that's the thing is that like, I think whatever it is, it's it's a, a life change is one of those things that can really disrupt you. And I think having kids, I think not too many men acknowledge it as well yes. as much. And look, I, you can, I no, can but tell you. No, I but you don't have to apologize because you, you know what I mean? Because I do think yeah. There is that tendency as well to go, no, I know it's harder for women. Yeah. And of course it is. I'm sorry, I haven't even been through it. So maybe yeah. people are like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> but it's still a massive change for men. It's, I think, for, for both. And even yeah. for your relationship, yes. it's a massive change. And I, th I think that's that's something no one kind of prepares you for. And, and like, we're, we're, what, we're nearly six years into parenthood. And like, I only still feel like we're getting our, getting a hang on it. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's the thing is that like, once that kind of unfolds and those chapters unfold, it feels like you have to kind of recalibrate. And I think that's what ho happened for us. And I think, you know, in the mix of all that, we moved houses four or five times, yeah. which just was this constant state of uncertainty. And we were renting, obviously. So like, we just constantly didn't know what was next. So we were were kind of going from like six months to, to six oh months, seven months. And so with kids, in the mix. with kids in the mix. So I think all of that, I can, I can look back at that time and specifically see why, you yes. know, the ingredient, I always think there's like, it's a, like a recipe or a prescription, you know, you have all the ingredients and if they're not there, yeah. you can understand understand why something turns out the way it does and uh, like we've just we've just bought a house and we've just you know settled the boys are in school and you know all of these things have kind of come to fruition and it does feel like things are coming kind of coming down to earth a little bit but yeah I think that is the thing like no no one knows the knows. you know what what you're what, what you're feeling and and of course you know when you do this sort of stuff you have to you have to put the smile on and you know exactly exactly <laughs> keep going exactly know? exactly okay Donald the person you always laugh with the person I always like. Well, okay. So I have a best friend since the age of four. Love it. We met uh, my best friend, Jonathan, and he and I have a very, you know, strange sense of humor. We are constantly laughing together. Um, he and his husband, Sean, are our best pals, uh, myself and Sophie. Like they... They're just so much crack. Like yeah. they are the ones who will be out. Like we never, like I can't stay out beyond like 11 or 12 <laughs> now. And they are like still party animals. And so like they are the ones that keep us going. And yeah. so they're, so they're, and they're amazing and they are, always great crack and we laugh on at the, at the most like trivial things you know like we we have this constant um slagging match over you know because myself and Jonathan are very like driven and very like hard goals and like we you know down to like the way something's pronounced or it were very <laughs> detail orientated right. and so there is a constant fight because uh, Sean and Sophie my wife um we they, they don't give a shite and <laughs> don't care about any of the details but like we just laugh at the most hilar like hilariously stupid things like he he loves uh to set an ambiance when you arrive back to to the house, so he he constantly slags Sean about and um, not lighting candles or not putting on the music, the and so he, Sean will be at home and um, just kind of sticks on the overhead the, lights. The big no, the, the, no criminal. <laughs> the big light, <laughs> the big light, and we'll be sitting there, and he's like, "What the? 
And I'll be the same with Sophie. And so yeah. like we bond over these, you know, uh, these these OCD kind of things. Detail. The detailed it matters. things. The old, old friends are the great ones. This is it. Okay, Donald. <laughs> yes. A time where you had the last laugh. Okay, so um, I was going to weave in the fact that um, that this was where where our paths crossed last. Um, but Go I, on. But then I was like, I don't think I really got the last laugh because uh, you've just gone on to be really successful. <laughs> <laughs> I want so, to hear it anyway. Okay, so so randomly, randomly about a year ago, yeah. um, uh, I also have the other story, but we'll get to the we'll get there. Yeah. Um, so randomly, a year ago, my agent rang out of the blue, uh, cookbooks. TV shows, cooking on the TV. That's what I'm used to. I yeah. do a little dabble in the live television on Saturday Kitchen, BBC One, have the bit of the, you know, know how to work, work an auto queue, have yeah. the bit of telly experience. Yes. And randomly out of the blue, I get a call uh, from my agent. So I got asked to audition to be the host, the new host after Nikki Byrne mm. had stepped down for Dancing with the Stars. Uh, and they they asked me to come in and screen test. Mm. So I'm like, Jesus, this is this is this is this is really out there. Like they're never going to pick me. I don't do. I, like, everyone knows me as a cook. So <laughs> I go in and do do not a half bad job. Yeah. And who do who do I see coming down the stairs? Oh, Darren Garrahy, all, all, all dressed and dolled up to the nines. She'd been shot with a makeup gun. The hair was like fucking dynasty. The shoulder pads were out. I was like, oh Jesus, here we go. And so, uh, so shoulder you, pads. I, I think there was shoulder pads. They're fucking hot. I'm gonna fucking power rock. pads. Power pads. I am gonna rock a blazer. You know, you were you were you were looking fabulous. Thank you. I felt underdressed because I like I don't dress like that. I normally wear like a shirt and a t-shirt underneath it. You were like in full glam mode. I was so like, anyway. I'm wearing an outfit for the job. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so I was like, okay, well, listen, at least I gave it a go. And then I get the call back to do the, the second stage of yeah. the thing. So screen test with Jen. Yeah. Uh, I know Jen from going in, doing the, the interviews and yeah. doing the radio. And uh, I was like, I've nailed it. I've nailed it. This is brilliant. I got the suit on. And then um, I heard... I heard oh you did really well like you did really well like we really liked it and we like I was like okay oh, geez, well, maybe maybe I could be I, this this could be the new thing and then I think I was at Dublin Zoo Lights Wild Lights or Wild Lights or whatever it's called you're such a dad <laughs> of course and was that them I, I was at the zoo fucking lights. Zoo Lights they had the lights turned on and uh, out of the blue I look at my phone and Darren Garrahy's announced as the new host of Beckon Dancing at the Stars. So my tux is out the window. My new, my my trajectory to primetime RTE was out the bloody window. And so it's not a last laugh because the, you had the feckin' last, last laugh. You had the last laugh. And I'm sat here like an absolute idiot in a feckin' tux. And you've got the number one podcast in feckin' Ireland. So look... <laughs> <laughs> you just served me my last laugh. The there you go. You had the last laugh. You had the last laugh, Darren. I do actually have a last laugh. Okay. That is my own and not yours. Let's hear it. Um, so back back in the day, uh, you know, we talked about the sort of the, the hunger for a little bit of performance. And I had um, this, I have always loved the Eurovision Song Contest. Yes. I am a massive Eurovision fan. I've been to the last two. I went to the one in 1997 when it was in Dublin. I met Katrina and the Waves on the day she was about to win the Eurovision Song Contest with the record-breaking points she got in Dublin in the Point Theatre. So I'm a massive Eurovision okay, fan. I watched it been. from 90 to 4. My, bro- my, my brother, my, uh, well, my brother likes it too. But my uh, 
best friend Jonathan, he's he is my partner in crime. Right. Um, as as he uh, went on his trajectory to be a gay man, and I became a straight camp man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was the perfect it was the perfect best friend bonding perfect. scenario. Perfect. So um, so anyway, this this is uh, a long standing love, and so I decided once I got a taste for the performance, I am going to be in a boy band. The boy band led and went nowhere, but then I went and did Eurosong. Yes. And I entered a song into Eurosong mm-hmm. 2008. So Double Cross My Heart um, gets selected as the uh, Eurosong, one of those Euro, six Eurosong contestants. Amazing. And um, in the mix turned out to be Dustin the Turkey. Or do you decide to do it in UL? They were finding it really hard to get uh, tickets to, uh, to people so that they'll actually come and fill out the audience. Right. My family decided this was the perfect reason to book out every single every single ticket they could possibly get. No. So I had a, 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 an entourage of about 80 people, 80 people, 100 people strong, all got absolutely hammered <laughs> and booed Dustin for every little thing he yeah. did. He, anytime he was mentioned, every time he came out on stage, they viciously went. And the worst thing was like, they got consistently more drunk as the night went. And I'm not talking about just like the close family. It was close family. Friend, we had my Sophie's family family from Sweden flew over. Stop. We had long-standing family friends. And Dustin, like, yeah, he did win. Okay, look, he did win. But, like, I felt like I got the last laugh. You <laughs> did. They, they literally, like, tore him apart. That is Ugh. that is a last laugh, now that I think of it. He made a show of us. <laughs> he did, he yeah. did. Yeah. He did not do Ireland's strong, no. proud Eurovision no. history. No, yeah. last laugh, Donald. It's all Thank, yours. Thanks, Darren. Uh, okay, Donald, if laughter wasn't the best medicine, yes, what would be? Okay, so uh, this is more recent and um, I think more recently I've just, I look for outs from my children. Um, So (laughs) my big one at the moment is uh, saunas and ice baths. And I do this like really intense round of cold plunge, sauna for 50 minutes, cold plunge, sauna, cold plunge, sauna. And by the time of it, like you're practically delirious. You're practically drunk on the the hot, cold thing. Yeah. And uh, like the kids, well, like I've forgotten about them. I've forgotten about all my problems, forgotten about all the things. And I'm just in this mode and it's great and it's amazing. Where do you do this? Got one of these little cold plunge things, 99 quid on uh, Amazon. Don't downplay it. Don't, don't downplay it on your glam. Well, it's glam. It's a loomy. And uh, I I put in the hose at the... (laughs) And so I do the cold plunges and it's bloody brilliant. And it's, you have a sauna as well? Uh, I don't know about that, no. You do? Total! Own it! I only got the sauna recently. <laughs> I found a Latvian fella who imports the saunas because I went to, uh, like I was, was looking at all the garden centres. They yeah. They're all a bit of like two grand more than you'd, right. yeah, you'd pay. And um, yeah, so I found this amazing Latvian guy who uh, who's grown up with saunas and builds them and yeah, he's put one in. and, and That is deadly. Yeah. And that's my thing now. Does Sophie get a chance to do it or no? Oh yeah, she does. She too. does it as well. Yeah, she does it too. Um, uh, yeah, she does. <laughs> so it's re- it's good for the head, good for the body, good for the good soul. for everything. Um, but you could do the ice bath without the sauna and um, be a mad 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 yeah, joke. Mad joke. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I need to ask yeah. you, obviously, because. I would assume that something food related would also be if laughter wasn't the best medicine. Like, okay, we have a Christmas tree beside us, so I yes. need to ask you. You're okay. Your savory dish at Christmas, any meat. Any veg. Okay. What is it for you? Uh, a Coca-Cola ham. That's my go-to. I actually, so Christmas ham, and it's a Nigella, classically a Nigella recipe. Yes. Um, 
that I've probably robbed over the years, but uh, <laughs> it's appeared on my YouTube channel a few times. And it's like, it's it's not really the ham that you serve for dinner. It's the ham that kind of is around Christmas. So like you have slices of the ham yeah. that's like enjoyed with mustard and bread oh. and yummy things. You and, just knock lumps off. Yeah, it. knock lumps yeah. off. Exactly. It's that beautiful, I love spicy, sweet, savory and the combination yeah. of that. And like, I think Coca-Cola ham does that. Okay, yeah. your, your dessert... Mm. Christmas, the Christmas dessert for you. The Christmas dessert, tiramisu every time. And I make a tiramisu trifle. So I stack it like it, it's layered up deep. It's got three la- three three chocolate, cocoa powder, white chocolate and dark chocolate, all in different layers. It's got the espresso. It's got the lady fingers. Um, it's got all the things. I mean it now and I need, yeah. I need to know more. Yeah. The, your Christmas day starter. Mm. Oh, Christmas day starter. Um, so when Sophie and I first dated mm. um I actually followed her to Sweden for love she's Swedish and um went over to Sweden and we both got a job I actually went over with no job but she had a job right. in the Swedish Christmas buffet restaurant so they ha- you know the sm- smorgasbord yes you've heard of smorgasbord yeah they have a yule board which is like a Christmas buffet yeah. and there's a restaurant specifically on the outside of uh, on uh, out of Gothenburg harbor and we used to have to get this little boat across and her job was to get all the punters drunk on glug which is like mulled wine right. and bring them over and I was working in the kitchen like there was three of us in the kitchen in the basement of this feckin' fortress it was mad like mad and I was only nine, yeah 19 at the time wild experience oh but brilliant and so I used to get the task of making gravadlax which is this like um, it's it's kind of cured salmon basically it's like right. like smoked salmon but it's cured instead and uh, salt sugar lots of dill peppercorns all that sort of stuff it gives you the most beautiful and I make one with beetroot in it so you get this beautiful kind of bejeweled salmon that you slice and has a purple into orange kind of hue and it makes water yeah, it's gorgeous and it's beautiful with a little kind of uh, sour cream and dill and knäckebröd which is this uh, Swedish crisp bread so good perfect little starter for Christmas yeah mm. okay yeah. Donald Skeen mm. are you ready for your quick fire round oh jeez yeah okay yeah I've got my phone ready okay yeah okay the actor you always laugh at I am obsessed with The Office so Steve Carell amazing the actress or female actor you always laugh at loud at uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge in Fleabag yeah. the comedian you always laugh at loud at the comedian I I love Joe Lycett okay the <laughs> yeah. movie you always laugh at loud at 40 uh, year old virgin yeah. love 40 year old virgin Steve and uh, Steve Carell again and like any again that sort of offbeat humour <laughs> super bad that sort of wax. yeah like Amazing. brilliant brilliant like Amazing. he is just a comedy oh yeah I, clearly I'm a Steve Carell fan big fan yeah, yeah. and finally yeah. Donald Skeen your best or worst joke <laughs> <laughs> oh, we we had a lot of talking in our office about uh, we we spoke a lot about this joke, right. um, and we've landed on this one. Uh, <laughs> Come on, I had to Google this because I'm like I don't have a joke up my sleeve, and all the times I listen to this podcast and people just drop a joke, I'm like they've so someone's told them that joke anyway. But I did. I I thought this one was good. Uh, why do Irish men wear two condoms? Oh God, Donald, I didn't expect this from you at all. I know. Sorry. Why do Irish men wear two condoms? I don't know. To be sure. To be sure. <laughs> right Good Thank you Thank you Very good, good. I liked it too Very unexpected from you Which yeah. I like Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Listen The very best of luck At the Irish Book Awards Thank you tonight. very much I don't expect to win But I have won Wearing a tux To the laughs of your life podcast <laughs> Thank you for handing me the reins It's very good for you To trust me with the podcast Ireland's number one podcast And uh, I'm just glad You'll To take be invited it from here. Yes yes <laughs> Thank you so much Donald. Thank you Thank you <laughs> Thank you for listening to The Last of Your Life with Donal Skeen. Donal's new book, Home Kitchen, is available to buy in all good bookshops now. 
I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. And if you did, don't forget to like, subscribe, rate and review. It really helps the show if you do. This podcast is produced by Chemistry Media and Collaborative Studios. And this season of The Laughs of Your Life is brought to you by FNF Fashion at Tesco.